Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard, a sports card podcast with two collectors from opposite sides of New York City. Craig and Carmine share sports card stories from the perspective of a teacher and broadcaster. This is Crosstown Cardboard. Welcome to Crosstown Cardboard episode 70 with myself, Carmine at Carmine's Cards, the sports storyteller down here in Greenville, South Carolina, but originally from Ossining, New York, Sing Sing Stand Up, and my wonderful co-host, Craig, at New York City Sports Cards, the math teacher, the soccer coach. He's got the slick back hair and the slicked eyebrows. He's ready to roll, and he is originally from Long Island. Now he's in the heart of New York City which, of course, like most of our episodes, has a tie-in to this one, which we're calling Two Tickets to Paradise. Shout out to Eddie Money, the artist who created that song way back when. Dollar signs abound. And uh, before we get into episode 70, which you might have guessed is all about tickets, card tickets, a new lane of the hobby for me, which is just tickets, we wanted to have a big thank you and a round of applause to Caitlin, Cold Lunch Cards for coming on as a guest on the last episode of Crosstown Cardboard. That episode got a lot of feedback, a lot of traction, a lot of views, interaction on YouTube and all the podcast platforms, lots of plays. So thanks to Caitlin, her story on collecting Anthony Bourdain and the connection with her father to make her want to collect Anthony Bourdain and then getting her grail and the journey to do that, which we all can relate to pursuing a card is a great episode, so if you haven't checked that one out, definitely check that out on YouTube and any podcast platforms. But Craig, you are on a roll. You're on a Jalen Brunson-level roll of coming up with these titles. What inspired you to come up with this one for episode 70, Two Tickets to Paradise? Two Tickets to Paradise because I know you are in this little buying streak lately of getting tickets, Mm -hmm. but the two tickets part is we're taking tickets from a different angle. You're going to actually talk about tickets, ticket stubs. Uh, I have a little bit of experience with that, but I'm taking the ticket approach as it relates to cards themselves. And we're going to do a little history lesson and discuss some of my favorite products growing on, growing up that uh, centered around tickets. Now, this is episode 70. When I think of 70, I think of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa chasing Ah. the home run record. And here we are chasing our passion so it's really (laughs) it's really just one in the same and really this is i mean every episode is a record for us because it's a new we're adding on you know so this is i mean it's pretty similar to the milestone of sosa and mcguire hitting 70 home runs and we're hitting 70 episodes right on so do you want to just talk about a ticket that you got and what made you decide to start buying some tickets and where do you even begin with that Yeah, you know, I wish I could say my first ticket was revolving around the big ticket, Kevin Garnett. Mm. That would be pretty cool, maybe one day. But the first ticket I got, you know, I've been kind of studying on the outside, looking in on the ticket market, just because we're following a lot of Instagram accounts. You know, we're in sports, we're in sports cards, of course. Uh, It'd be difficult to have a podcast if we were not. But just the little niche areas that I've kind of been looking at and, you know, following some content like Darren Ravel and he's going through uh, on uh, Jeff Wilson's YouTube uh, and he's going through his memorabilia and ticket collection. And I'm like, you know what? That's pretty cool that uh, this guy is 
collecting this memorabilia and it has so much history attached to it. So I've been doing research on the outside, looking in and thinking about, oh, well, what if I were to get a ticket? What would that look like? And following some Instagram accounts, being like, oh, you know what? That's cool. So I started looking on eBay and I'm looking at, okay, well, where would I start? Larry Bird and Magic Johnson tickets. That seems like a logical first step because that those are my two main guys in cards. So I start looking, I'm thinking about their iconic career moments. And I start thinking, okay, well, I remember, even though neither one of us was born yet, 1992, the NBA All-Star Game, when Magic that season had been forced to leave the NBA because he got HIV. Everybody thought, of course, that he was going to pass away soon because at that time there was no real treatment for it. And, you know, he was on the forefront of that. And, of course, having the extra dough to pay for the treatment helped. So then come, you know, uh, February of that year, and then the big controversy of him playing in the All-Star game, people are wondering, will they get HIV if, you know, there's some type of infection passed on? And then, you know, he wins the All-Star game MVP, has those threes at the end, you know, pumps his fist, everybody's, and then by the end of the game, what a moment, everybody's crowded all around him, you know, congratulating him for coming back, and then... You know, he has the iconic moment holding up the MVP trophy, which I actually have a T-shirt of, which if I was planning better, I would have worn. But I got this ticket from eBay from that game, the Orlando All-Star game in 1992, February 9th. Great year. And it's autographed by Magic. Oh. Uh, no grade on the ticket itself, but a 10 grade on the auto. Cool. And it's funny because I was looking at this on eBay and I'm like, oh, that's a great ticket. So I messaged the person who had the ticket and I said, hey, here's my Instagram. If you can find me on there, you know, like we've talked about trying to, I mean, eBay, if they were listening, probably wouldn't like that. That's why they try to block your messages. Screenshot. So, you could send a screenshot. Is that what you did? Oh, no, I didn't do that. But I put IG. Yeah. Find, yeah, okay. find me on IG or something like that. And. The guy found me and he's one of the come to find out he posts like 10 tickets on his Instagram per day and he does it full time. So it's really interesting that he was telling me he went from being a, uh, having car dealerships to four years ago getting into this full time. And he really gave me an education on a lot of the ticket questions I had because once I realized he did it full time. I started asking him, oh, well, what? how do you value it? And what do you look at? And I know there are not really any comps on this. So how do you come up with a value? And he was giving me some good insight on that. So I ended up getting this ticket for 300 bucks. Uh, but it's funny because I got an education myself after I bought it and found out that this is a commemorative ticket. Mm. So it was printed the same year in 1992 but it was never meant as a ticket to actually get into the game. So that makes it less valuable because, you know, the real ticket, you're really there. You know, it, it's kind of like game used versus player worn almost in, sure. in a sense. So I found that out uh, the hard way because I had put my money in, but I said, I can't stay on the sideline forever. The only way I'm really going to learn is if I put a small investment into this niche part of the ticket hobby, and then I'll have, a real skin in the game. If I go to sell this, then I'll know what the market is for that. And I'll be able to educate myself much more by having a small, 
you know, participation is required, having a small stake in it, and now getting to learn from the inside looking out rather than the outside looking in. So this is my first ticket that I bought about a week and a half ago. Okay. Now, as far as the commemorative uh, tidbit is concerned, because I experienced this when many episodes ago, I purchased the, the 1988 NBA All-Star Game ticket, and it was in that like plastic holder. So I took it out, carefully removed it, graded, and made a few hundred dollar profit. The key is looking at the section and the row. If it's a very random like section and row and seat, you know it's legitimate. I think that one just says VIP on the bottom. Yeah, it says VIP. It says row 94 of seat 1000. So I don't know. Yeah, so I think that I think that's the tell. But okay. I mean uh, it also said it also said, you know, commemorative in the title on eBay. Okay, fair like, enough. The, yeah, the yeah. seller was not trying to to dupe anybody. They they it was just I didn't really know what the what the difference was and i didn't really know like how important that was in the value i mean i still think it was a good deal this is exactly what the last one sold for which was from this guy but the buyer didn't end up paying so at least there's a solid comp for 300 dollars. so i mean i would imagine with tickets again very very inexperienced in this field that if you're looking to purchase or grade a ticket by itself no autograph you want the real thing, not the commemorative. I feel as though with the autograph, I cannot imagine there's many signed magic tickets from that all-star game, even the commemorative one. I could be wrong, but I would think that's low pop. Uh, is that a card you just want to keep in your collection, bring it to shows? What do you think? Yeah, it is It is uh, low pop, and that is actually funny you mention that because that's generally the feel of the ticket market as a whole. The things are just low pop. In general, you know, I mean, of course, you'll have a, a range of pop depending on what ticket, what grade, you know, and, and those things. But compared to cards, I mean, they're so much more rare and scarce, which is a really interesting. And, and how you try to value that based on there being none or very few comps. As far as keeping this in my collection, now that I know it's commemorative, I'm less inclined to do that. But I think. When we set up at Culture Collision, especially with that being a big NBA basketball, you know, and it is Culture Collision, there's going to be a lot of interest in like retro items and stuff like this, that maybe I'll put this in the case, even though it does take up a lot of room, just to catch some eyes, start some conversations and maybe make a sale on it. Nice. So I'm not like this is in my PC forever type of thing. So um, we'll see. I'm interested to see what the um level of intrigue is for an item like this that you don't see very often and like how easy that would be to move to sell to trade to start conversations get people to look in our showcase so yep. we'll have to see i think the reason i haven't really picked up many tickets is this is just my sad life as a new york sports fan is there's not that many memorable games mm. you know for like if i could find let's say a larry johnson four point play ticket that yeah. would be super cool. Mm -hmm. Me having been at that game in uh, 2000, that would be – sorry, 1999. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. But I've flipped a couple tickets before, but I think you kind of nailed it is what's significant about that event, that being that all-star game, that magic came back from sickness. I mean, you had the right idea there. Yeah. 
like an iconic moment. That's what I'm looking for with these tickets. You could get one for Carmelo Anthony scoring 62 points January 24th, 2014. That'd be a cool one. A cool one would be like uh, like a Mike Piazza from the ticket when he came back from 9-11. He hit that home run. There you, you know go. Um, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Mike Piazza and tickets. Oh, oh my gosh, you segued yourself, you dirty dog. So this is the angle I want to take with this episode. You're talking about tickets. I want to talk about cards still from a ticket perspective. Okay. So I was at my local card shop on Friday, as I do. I walk 12 minutes to the card shop. I do a little schmoozing, buy a few things. And <laughs> I came across this card brought me back to my earlier days as collecting. Okay. 2003, Fleer Authentics. Are you familiar with that set? I know you like that set. I do. Uh, Mike Piazza, game-worn jersey with a little piece of ticket stub. That's cool. Unfortunately, the ticket stuff isn't like a used real ticket or anything. Yeah, that would be a pretty small ticket. Correct. Um, I am going to get into some other sets that have real tickets, but I do want to just talk about this one for a second because yeah. I think I allude to a lot in the show. They don't make things like they used to anymore. Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of Fleer products growing up in the mid-2000s. So me being a Mets fan, and I found this 2003 Fleer Authentics Mike Piazza game-worn jersey swatch with a little piece of fake ticket, but from a real game, Mets Cubs, March 31st, 2003. Okay. Um, and you know, I'm a Mets fan. So this was a cool one. So I did a little deep dive into, well, I remember opening Fleer authentics. Mm -hmm. So if you go to DA card world, they have every product, maybe not necessarily for sale, but for you to look into. And they made Fleer authentics for basketball, football, and baseball. So they made Fleer Authentics football 2002, 2003, 2004. Basketball, they made it 2001, 2002, 2003, which was the LeBron Dwayne Wade year, right. and 0405. Baseball, 2002, 3, 4, and 5. And all these packs were like 24 packs a box. You would get a few memorabilia cards, an autograph card, and I just thought it was a really fun set. So I was doing a little bit of a deeper dive, like how do you find – Cards that are going to maintain value over time, even from like that kind of random era. Yeah. 0304, Fleer Authentics Basketball, LeBron James rookie cards, Dwayne yeah. Wade autograph rookie cards. Here's one I think you're really Wait, don't forget, don't forget our guy Carmelo. Of course, yes. But Wade had autograph cards in the set. LeBron didn't. Here was a cool discovery, and this is a card I would like to find in the wild. Okay. Fleer, Fleer Authentics. Again, same set as this Mike Piazza jersey pickup. They did one year of WNBA Fleer Authentics. Interesting. Okay. In 2002, Fleer Authentics WNBA, Sue Bird had a rookie card, and it numbered out of 2002. So wow. That was, that was a fun discovery for me. So if you're not familiar with this product, do a little deep dive. Go to YouTube and watch some box breaks of Fleer Authentics from the year 2001 to 2005. It was a fun part of – the hobby for me, and I'm willing to bet a lot of our listeners are OGs and remember that. And a lot of <laughs> listeners probably have no idea what Fleer Authentics is until I brought it up at this moment. Yeah, so I, lo I, I love that. That's great. That yeah. Sue Bird is a that that's so cool when you take a deep dive into something, and then you realize, oh well, I would really like to pick up a card like this that you previously had no idea about before. I mean, you knew about the set, but you didn't know that was Sue Bird's rookie. That's great. On the on the Seattle Storm, yep. PSA. WNBA champ, 
PSA 10 in the Sue Bird rookie from 2002 Fleer Authentics. Numbered out of 2002. A pop 24 has not sold since March 2023, where it sold for almost $1,800. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I'm Who would have thought $1,800 for a Sue Bird rookie? But at the same time, is there even another rookie card? Is that her only rookie card? I mean, it could be. We have to do some more research probably on that, but. Yeah, I don't think it is, but it's it's cool because it's numbered. So yeah, I would love to find a Fleer Authentics box in the wild just to rip. And plus, if, that, if that's the only year, yep. that's that's iconic for the WNBA. Now there was an, uh, another product I want to talk about. Um, again, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I had a question for you about the Mike Piazza. Anything significant that happened in that game that the tickets from? So March. It's funny because I actually did look this up yesterday, and I should have been more prepared. But I know they played the Cubs. I know it was a legitimate game. And according to baseball reference, the Mets got smoked. (laughs) Um, Mike, yeah, 15 to 2. It was opening day, so that's a cool thing about it. Oh, 15 to 2. Oh, opening day, that's cool. At Shea Stadium, there were 54,000 people that showed up. And Mike Piazza went one for four. So nothing too significant about it. However, if you go look at another product, and I remember opening packs of this, 2007 Tops, TX exclusive, TX meaning tickets. Go watch a YouTube box break of 2007 Tops, TX football. Super cool product where the boxes had actual, like, I'm pretty sure these were legitimate Super Bowl ticket stubs. Wow. And you can get autographs. So imagine a Tom Brady card with a piece of the ticket and then a sticker autograph right on the ticket. I mean, these are the types of products you just don't see anymore. But still, we're talking that early, mid-2000s card products centered around tickets. So you got Fleer Authentics, which came in baseball, basketball, football. You have 07 Tops TX, which is a, a fun rip. Autographs, jersey cards, and exclusive Super Bowl relic and autograph cards in the product, in the pack. So I thought that was was a fun deep dive to get into. Uh, Just reminded me of, you know, growing up, the types of products that I enjoyed opening. Yeah. No, that's definitely a lot of fun. And I I was just thinking that I was only going to talk about tickets because I have a couple more. Yeah. I've really been, I've really been, um, like you mentioned the word deep dive, I've really been deep diving into the ticket area. But since you mentioned the cards, I wanted to just bring back these uh, ticket related cards that I got from the national. I don't know if you remember these ones, Craig, from uh, you know, the first time we actually met in person, but um, I picked up two leaf tickets. I think this was like $15 total between these two tickets. One of them was uh a Damian Lillard Portland Trailblazers playoff ticket from a few seasons ago from Leaf. And then the other one was February 2nd, 2016, the New York Knicks hosting the Boston Celtics. So real that tickets. was uh, that was pretty cool that you know that uh you mentioned the the card uh related tickets. And I got two right here from the national that it just reminded me of, which, you know, there's no sense in moving it because first of all, you can't get much for them. And then secondly, they're just cool memories from the national and two teams that 
are significant to me for living in Oregon and then, of course, being a lifelong Knicks fan. So let me get into this other ticket that I got. Can I show you one thing real quick? Oh, yeah. It's it just on that same subject. Now, yeah. 2007 Tops TX. I mean, how cool of a card is this? You could see Super Bowl, right, with the ticket stub, the information. It is an authentic Super Bowl ticket stub. And then Brady sticker autograph, but still right on the card. I mean, how cool would that be to get? You don't see that in, in products nowadays. No, that is that is unique, 100%. So I, I appreciated when companies would use tickets as like the centerpiece of a particular product. I think that's very cool. Yeah, it is very cool. It brings you real close to the game. And it's just a unique – it becomes a memorabilia item to a level that a normal card probably wouldn't be. What did that sell for? Do you know? I'm in, yeah, I'm so there was there was one that sold uh, in September, uh, Tom Brady Super Bowl relic for twenty eight hundred dollars in a BGS seven five. So they some of those holds good value. Yeah, that's not that's not that's not crazy expensive. I mean uh, for a Tom, for a Tom Brady auto and Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, seems so, like a I decent. Mean, hey, this is a cool one. Again, this this one sold for thirteen hundred in a PSA six. Same set. Like, if you think about what Tom Brady autographs sell for, like, take a look at old Topps products like this. I don't know. I think that, personally, I think that's a cool one. Yeah. I think that's a great value at, at what did you say that was, 1300 1300 yeah. Wow. That seems like a good deal. You can get Brian Dawkins. I saw a Brian Dawkins. Clemson's, Clemson's finest. I mean, look, if you're look, if you're a big Eagles fan, how cool is that card for 200 bucks? Oh, Brian, wow. Brian Dawkins. Super Bowl ticket stub, signed it on the stub, sticker on it, granted, still. Something different. Something different to look at. And you're telling me that's an authentic, that's a real Super Bowl ticket. Yeah, to my understanding, yes. I'm trying to Man, find that's really cool. Right we we got to let the cousins know. We got to tell Cousin Oz and Cousin Tony. Oh, you know what was interesting? I, uh, just on the topic of uh, Cousin Oz, of course, the people's mailman, we had him on to talk about getting his Iverson grail a few weeks back. And I sent him a ticket, Craig, because I saw on the same page on Instagram of the guy who I got this Magic Johnson 1992 NBA All-Star Game ticket. He posted a ticket autographed by Allen Iverson from game one of the NBA Finals. Sixers against the Lakers, the uh, only game they won. But that's okay. They were obviously huge underdogs against the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. But it was the step-over game. Also, and it said it, I love the PSA label. Um, and you mentioned this actually too, when um, you got, I think a ticket graded and you said that you wish that you would have told them exactly what you wanted to put on the ticket on the yes. PSA label. Cause they yes. would have done it. And on the PSA label, it said like game one of the NBA finals, Allen Iverson step over game and Allen Iverson autographed the ticket, Allen Iverson. And then he also put step over game. That's awesome. As an inscription. Yeah, that's cool. Of course, when he hit the jumper, stepped over Teron Lu, and it was an iconic moment because he kind of owned him, you know, whatever. I mean, they lost the final, so Teron Lu had the last laugh. But on that shot, it was like, oh, this guy's a dog, you know. So I thought that was cool. Bring you close to the history of the game. So my off days now, Craig, getting back into my ticket deep dive, are Wednesday and Thursday. So I saw that one of my coworkers did a story 
on a local card store opening up three months ago. She was so excited because everybody at the station knows that I collect cards. So she said, oh, you got to watch this story. So I watched it and I said, oh, I'm going to I, I kind of lodge that in the, in the uh, Rolodex up here. And I said, I got to stop by that card store one day. So I finally had a little bit of time and remembered to stop by. So I went to Brian's Sports Cards and more. And more. It's like yeah. Bath and Beyond. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the and beyond? the beyond? What's the the beyond turned out to be tickets. So it's here in Greenville, South Carolina. It's Brian underscore sports underscore cards. So give my guy a follow. Great guy. Matty Rich is his name. He's from Albany, New York, coincidentally. Oh. So another another New Yorker down here in the South. So anyway, I watched that piece that my coworker had done on the card store opening up. Get a little, you know, research backstory on where this guy's coming from. Strike up a conversation much more easily. So I walked in, shook his hand. I said, hey, Brian. Uh, uh, well, his name's not actually Brian. He named the card store after his dad, which is also cool. But his name's Maddie. I said, hey, Maddie, you know, nice to meet you. I work at Fox Carolina. Saw the piece on you. Knew I had to come in. So we're talking. And we talked for about half an hour. He showed me this really cool poster from Mike Tyson's second ever career fight in Albany or in upstate New York somewhere. And his dad was a bar owner and his dad had this stack of Mike Tyson promotional posters that he hung up in the bar and gave out to people. But Mike Tyson was of course, nothing at the time in, in just his second ever pro fight. So he was telling he was this is a side story, but he was telling me this story about his dad was, had like 30 of these posters for Mike Tyson's second fight and took him to the dumpster, just threw him out. And then his dad was like walking away from the dumpster and he thought, you know what? Let me just save one of these. So his dad, Brian, saved one from the dumpster, put it in his trunk of his car. So fast forward a few years later, Mike Tyson's blowing up, you know, as and then becoming the heavyweight champ, of course. This guy's got a poster from his second ever fight. And it was just rattling around in his trunk for years, like tire marks. It has like black, brown, rust, like all over the poster. So he gave it to his son, who now has it displayed in his card store named after his dad. And I was like, I looked at Maddie. I'm like, I'm guessing that's not for sale. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's not for sale. I can't imagine many of those posters exist. No, he was like, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Because even just to have those given out, you'd have to be some type of promotional, maybe a restaurant, a bar like his dad owned. And then to keep one, which his dad almost didn't. I just thought that was kind of a cool sports memorabilia story. And now he has it hanging up in his sports card store. So anyway, so we're chopping it up, having conversations like that. And I'm like, oh, how's business? You know, he said it's packed in there. And I'm looking around in the showcase, not many things that I really liked. You know, it's a lot of modern football, modern basketball, understandable because he's got to sell stuff and that's stuff that moves quick and a lot of wax. And then I came across a ticket and I'm like, I'm a ticket guy. I'm an aspiring ticket guy. That's better. So I said, huh, all right. And this was the ticket. The 2019 National Championship game for college football in which Clemson beat Alabama 44-16. to 16. Blowout, Blowout for Clemson's, Clemson's second college football playoff national championship in a three-year span. They won it in 2017. And this one, 2019. 
both over Alabama. So I said, what, what are you asking on that? He's like, oh, that's 200. I said, wow, that seems pretty fair. I said, how long has that been in your showcase? He said, since we opened. I said, what? We're in Clemson territory here. We're 45 minutes from Clemson. And there's a lot of South Carolina Gamecocks fans too, but this is a Clemson Tigers area and a college football crazed like fandom, you know, every sports bar on Saturdays, it's nuts. So I'm like, how can, for $200, how can this ticket from the national championship game in a PSA 8 stay in your case for three months? He's like, I have no idea. I have no idea. And I'm like, that seems ridiculous that this, it just reinforced that the ticket market to me is so undervalued and underappreciated right now. And maybe it'll stay that way. But I think that it has a huge room to run. I'm also treating this as an investment. And, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to pump tickets, you know, because uh, uh, I don't first of all, I don't have enough money in them to make that make sense. But this is just the lane that I'm going down. And. So I said, wow, that's strange. And meanwhile, I see these 40 year old guys at the same time buying prism hobby boxes, you know, however much they are, 500 to a thousand dollars and getting twenty five dollars. $75 in return worth of cards that they ripped. I'm like, you really, you mean to tell me just because you have a, a, a different form of ticket, a lottery ticket by buying these boxes that that's going to supersede having a super cool piece of sports memorabilia that you can hold on to forever of probably a team that is one that you've rooted for and your family roots for still to this day. But just because you would rather take a chance, you're going to spend, three times, four times, five times as much money on a, on a thrill for 10 minutes that you're not going to, you know, there's a 90% chance you're not going to get your money back. I would just Great. baffled. Probably higher than that, but I get it. Yeah. I was just baffled that, you know, about what, I mean, you could spend your money on, of course, whatever you want, but, um, you know, it was just interesting to notice that at the moment. So I said, well, I'm going to definitely come back and get this ticket. For $200, that seems like very reasonable. I looked it up on Terrapeak on eBay. You know how you can go back further. And the last one sold for $180 with like $15 shipping. And again, this is a PSA 8. But when I scanned the back of the label, I saw that it was a Pop 4 with none higher. And I looked at Maddie after scanning the label. I'm like, are you serious? This is ridiculous. To me, it just seems so crazy that... First of all, nobody bought this for $200 while we're in Clemson territory. And second, that it's only valued at $200 when it's a pop four, none higher of the last Clemson football national championship. It just seemed like it should be worth more to me. So I went back home. I said, Maddie, I'll be back in 15 minutes. Grabbed some cards for trade, brought them back. And he accepts. I said, what, what percentage of comps do you accept? you know, for trade value, he said 70%, which I know Bleaker does 80%. But um, I thought that that was relatively fair to still, you know, work something out. So I brought some cards back, he took six cards, long story short, a David Wright Mets autograph was in mm -hmm. that bunch. And I just added $50 of cash, got the deal done, bam. And I came home with this memorabilia item from a team in Clemson football that I had just finished the first season 
of me covering them. So it was kind of a cool way for me to remember that season also. Yeah. Partial trades rule. Yeah. I love I love nothing like a good half cash, half trade type of deal. No, it's a great pickup. As you said, you've been trying to grow your Clemson collection. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Uh, I don't know if you've set up at a show in South Carolina, but that feels like something that would do really well if you ever get that opportunity. Unless, of course, it's a ticket for your collection that you want to keep. Right. You got options. Right. Cool. Yeah. So I think that's one because it's so close to the heart that I'm going to keep. And it's, you know, from the championship, a team I cover. It's only a pop four, none higher and a PSA eight. And then also 10 minutes after getting home from getting that ticket. Guess what happened? Nick Saban announced his retirement and Nick Saban was the coach on the losing side of this game. Yeah. He word got out. You purchased that ticket. That was Saban's final straw. He's like, I can't do this. anymore. <laughs> right. He's like, that's yeah, that's it. You know, this guy got a memorabilia item in uh, South Carolina time to uh, hang it up. Nice. Can I talk about one more ticket product? Yeah, of course. Again, this is mid-2000s. I loved opening products then when 18, 24 packs a box. So you get game-use memorabilia cards. And there was a product I remember opening. It was from 2009. They did it for one year. It was a baseball product. It was called Tops Ticket to Stardom. There were 20 packs in a box, 11 cards per pack, and you got three ticket relics or autographs per box. So I was just looking up like what – this was a product I enjoyed opening, but if you're a collector, what type of stuff exists out there? And I actually found there was a sale on eBay for an Albert Pujols ticket stub from kind of a random game in 2008 with a game-worn jersey and a BGS 8.5. And it's a, a true one-on-one, and that sold for, on auction, on eBay, $217. Okay. So I went back to the product, and I said, okay, well, let's see. What, curious what else is out there. You think there's a lot of uh, Manny Ramirez fans out there? Yeah. I, I would think so, too. Take a look at this card that's just sitting on eBay right now. 2009, again, tops ticket to stardom. Manny Ramirez, piece of the game used bat with that ticket stub from August 2008. And you see on the back, true 101. Wow. That card is just sitting on eBay at a 150 buy it now or best offer. Anything significant about that game? The Dodgers did win nine to three, and Manny Ramirez did go four for five with three RBIs and a home run. Wow. So that's cool. And I'm just like, wow, think about what all these junk modern cards are selling for. And here we've got a 101 Manny Ramirez ticket stub, game used relic, just sitting on eBay for $150 or best offer. And it just made me realize if you go back to those mid 2000s products, there's a lot to be found out there. So 2009 Tops Ticket to Stardom is a fun product to look at. And it just makes me realize between these products that I've mentioned, the Leaf product that you had, your love for tickets, we need a product out there that is centered around tickets because it would make for great trading. Somebody in Tennessee opens a pack of this and they open a, a Knicks ticket and they pull like some sort of Knicks or Mets relic. And I open a product here and I open some sort of Ticket relic from a Titans game. What a perfect opportunity that would be to trade. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big opportunity. What do you think about, before I get into my final ticket pickup, even though we've already talked about two tickets, I have three tickets to mm -hmm. Paradise, I guess. We'll, but we'll let it go. 
Thank you. That's really that's really thoughtful. What do you think about the room that tickets has to run? Like as far as the potential for an increase in value. And here's my laying the groundwork before hearing your opinion. The scarcity and rarity of the tickets compared to cards is much greater. And for almost every event that you go to in the current day, you don't get a ticket. You don't get something you can hold in your hand. It's all on the phone, especially after COVID. You know, the mixture of the technology increase and the COVID, you know, decreasing anything, changing hands, money, tickets, anything like that. Now you go to a concert, a game, you just scan the barcode on your on your phone and you don't really get a ticket. So the supply has been cut off for the future. And I can't think like imagine if all of a sudden you're not making on-card autos anymore. The on-card auto market you would think would increase because the demand is staying the same and the supply is being cut off. So what do you think about the potential increase in the ticket market for the future? When you think about it from a collector standpoint, I think the same issue you would have with someone else, like I said, is you need something that's significant to you. You know, there's only so many games and moments in sports that for me, I really want to remember and like look at and commemorate. If you look at it from a market standpoint, buying and selling, well, then what tickets have liquidity? Mm -hmm. That's another thing to consider. Notable all-star games, like the all-star game ticket I had was from Michael Jordan's second all-star game. There's something significant about that if you're a Jordan collector. For you, are there enough Clemson fans out there? So I'm just trying to think of liquidity in the ticket market the same way you would in cards. Are there tickets that are more liquid than others? I don't know, something to consider. Yeah, and plus another factor that gets in the way and could scare people away. Just the sheer size, you know, our buddy Caitlin, who we had on, we mentioned last episode, cold lunch cards. She calls these lunch trays because they're so big and bulky and you can almost put your lunch on them. Makes sense. And, you know, if you're watching on the YouTube, I'm holding it like a lunch tray and I feel like I could have a salami and cheese on this sucker right now. Mm. So charcuterie. <laughs> charcuterie, right. Get a little wine going. But seriously, to transport these, if you're looking in your Zion case, it's difficult. I mean, I tried to put it in my case and it spans three rows of cards and I think I can fit it in there, but it's like, it's kind of a hassle to transport. So if you think about that, if you're selling to a dealer or even just a, another person, it's going to be a challenge to transport these things. And then also to display them in your showcase, it takes up the room that like five cards would take. So that's another factor. And then, like you said, what is the iconic moment? of this team, of this player, and is that something that other people will also be interested in? So those are definitely factors. And then having no comps is a gift and a curse, as we both know, because no comps, you can set your own price, maybe somebody will pay it, but also no comps, you don't have the security of saying, here's what the last one sold for. And so I feel like if I pay that price, I could get that price if I went to sell it. I think that works for you and I. The, the, we're, we're, I don't think you and I really sell the most liquid type of cards. Right. Stuff that you don't really see as much. So that might work for you. Personally, yeah. being in New York City, not having a ton of space, those not fitting in my Zion cases, I'm probably staying away from tickets. If I had a little more space to work with and I was setting them often, it's, that's definitely something I would look into. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of New York City, my last ticket, Craig, 
three tickets I picked up since the last dual episode we had two weeks ago and now. So I've really been doing a good amount of research and trying to get into this new market just because I feel like it has an element of sports history that's way closer to the game, way more passionate um, as far as an individual moment, not more passionate in general, but just from a one game, it takes you right to that one game, right to that one moment in a way that almost every card can't because it's not, unless it's a signature move card or it's a, an impeccable moment or, you know, one of those type of things where it says, you know, like my Larry Bird 1986 finals MVP that takes you right to that moment. Most cards don't, but tickets do. So the last one that I'll show you the third and final ticket I picked up. And I mentioned this one was from Michael Jordan's final game at Madison square garden wizards against the Knicks 2003. The Knicks won this one. 97 to 96, but a 40 year old Michael Jordan scored 39 points in the garden. He had 26 in the first half at 40 years old, knowing this would be the last game he would ever play in one of his favorite places to play. And he always said, if you're going to be a baller, you got to perform in New York, which of course he did. I think he has three 50 point games in the garden. And then a 39-point game at 40 years old to finish off his career in New York. I just thought that was awesome. That is a type of ticket I would like in my collection. Ah, yes. You got me there. Michael Jordan, MSG. What does it say on the label? It says 2003 New York Knicks slash March 9th, NYK 97, Washington 96 slash Michael Jordan last game in New York dash MSG. And I'll zoom in on it so you can see it on the YouTube here. And I, you know, I think that label in itself, the fact that it says like Michael Jordan last game, that makes it so, so, so cool. Mm -hmm. We talked about on here, when you grade a ticket, you have to specify what you want it to say. Without that, it's almost like night and day. So the fact that it says it on there, so you don't have to ask questions, you know the significance of that ticket, that game, that's cool. True. And anybody who might be interested in buying that would immediately know by looking in your showcase without having to ask any questions. So that was super cool. I put out 200 cash, fifty a $50 Ladanian Tomlinson autograph. So I'm into that for 250 It's a PSA 6, but it's a pop 1, none higher. Awesome. So I thought that was cool. There was a raw one. And that was the only other one I could find a raw ticket, which I think it was either VIP or courtside. So that made it cooler, but it was in raw condition that sold for 150 from the same game. So I'm like, okay, this isn't a PSA slab. Even though it's a six, it is a pop one with none higher. So it's the highest graded. I'm like, 250 seems reasonable. Goodbye. Goodbye. So, Thanks, bro. Jordan, I felt Jordan last game in MSG. Yeah, I think there would be a market for that. Easy. Yeah. And now, what can I ask for that? If you think about it, if I was to go sell it, I mean, I think it's cool enough to keep in your collection as, you know, both of us being Knicks fans. But, like, I feel like you could easily ask 500 for that. Jordan, last game, MSG. It's the highest graded. You know, nobody knows what I paid for it. I mean, I guess they do now, putting it out on cross-down cardboard, but... There's unlikely one, that they listen to it. There's one on eBay for a thousand dollars. 
and it's raw. His last game at a, as a bull at MSG in 1998, that's different. Yeah. There's, I don't really see much out there, so that's nice. Good yeah. find. Good find. Thanks, bro. Yeah. So it was interesting. So just trying to dip my toe into the water. Now I have 200 invested with the Clemson 2019 National Championship over Alabama. 300 from the commemorative 1992 All-Star Game for the NBA with the Magic Johnson autograph. PSA 10 grade. The Clemson ticket is a PSA 8. Pop 4, none higher. And now I have the ticket from Madison Square Garden and Michael Jordan's last game at MSG in a PSA 6. Pop 1, none higher. So I have... $750 $750 invested into the ticket market in uh, it, it kind of said it's a little bit concerning how fast this interest has happened, but I think um, it's just very cool and a new niche to go down, but 750 bucks invested in my hopefully several tickets to paradise over the course of about a week and a half. And I feel good about it. It's like reinvigorated my, not that it was gone, as far as, you know, of course, we're doing this every week and we love the cards and the people in the hobby, but it's given me a different juice, a new lane to be excited to pursue with these tickets that uh, is kind of fun, you know, a different avenue to go down. Variety is the spice of life. There you go. Yeah. And let's not forget, as you're talking about making safe investments with your tickets, Let's also make sure we talk about uh, safety when it comes to driving. Click it or ticket, you know? <laughs> wow, that was yeah. good. Uh, another teachable moment from the teacher. One pickup that I want to share because I just think it's really cool. From 2018 Panini, it's a set called Team Tandems. It's a dual on-card autograph set, but it's kind of random because – In 2018, they put it in Panini Illusions. In 2022, they put it in Panini 1. But dual on-card autograph. Look at this. Teddy Bruschi and Ty Law. Very cool. Definitely for a a Patriots fan in an SGC 9510. Dude, I paid 85 bucks for this. Wow. And it's on-card? Dual on-card. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, for a Patriots fan, I, I could easily see that going for double. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's really – I have other pickups, but there's just one I wanted to share. So, yeah, if you're a football fan, look up Team Tandems. It's kind of hard to follow because it didn't come from one particular set. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. Well, speaking of uh, – just go through a couple card pickups, get back to the basics of what we do. Um, and speaking of tandems, I actually have four guys on one card. It's the Ultimate Collection, Ultimate Foursome out of 2008 – Upper Deck Ultimate Collection Football. And it's a quad game used card. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Tony Romo, Ben Roethlisberger. And what do you think I paid for this? 125. I paid 90 for it, which I felt pretty good about. There haven't been any sales in at least a year of this one, even though it's numbered out of 50. But with these older sets, you know, it's much more difficult to find than the current stuff. And I think the last one sold for like 150 and before that, like 225. So this is something to put in the case at culture collision in a couple weeks, or I guess a week and a half by the time this episode comes out get and get some interest. I know I can't wait. I can't wait to see you again. Let me tell you, we're, we're, let's do more of a culture collision 
like build up next week's episode. But yeah. I am trying to prove with my inventory, you're going to see that you could buy some really cool, unique, rare cards for under a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Very true. And that's so, what mine was for 90. Exactly. So, so we'll get, we'll get into that cool next there. week. But yeah. yeah. And last one, last okay. one, this Jerry Rice flawless on card auto numbered out of 10 with one photo of him in the 49ers jersey, one in the Raiders, and then his Hall of Fame bust in the middle in a PSA 10 with a 10 auto numbered out of 10. Wow. It's a pop one. Damn. That's a yeah. big card. Yeah, it is kind of a big card, right? Well, so that's from Flawless, you said? Flawless, yeah. Last sold on this for 560. I got it uh, from my buddy Trent for 525, which for something like this, which I felt that 560 sale was very cheap. Uh, for something like this, I'll pay, you know, 90% of comps, 95% of comps, just because what a great trade bait, you know. And then if you feel like the sale was low, like the raw ones of this are going for flawless Jerry Rice autos out of 10 are going for like 375, 400, 425, 350 in that range. So I'm like a PSA 10, 10 and having it be a pop one, even though for flawless, the grade isn't super important, but it, it does matter. And especially if it's a PSA 10 with a 10 auto making it a pop one, I'm like, probably ask like 750 for this and see what happens. You know, maybe it'd be a trade thing at one of the trade nights at culture collision or somebody could come along and buy it. But it's something that strikes you like, wow, that's a real, you know, for a, a football fan, a Jerry Rice fan or a 49ers and Raiders fan, this might be something that would end up in your collection as a, as a marquee, you know, nice piece. So just kind of the framework teasing our episode of, you know, that'll come up next week of how we're preparing for Atlanta and the show that we're both setting up at for culture collision. So just a little preparation, you know, of how we're, we're getting ready to stack the cards, stack the deck in our favor, hopefully. Yeah. We can talk about that next week, right? We're, it's a big show. We're, we're yeah. prepping for a big show. How have we been doing it? But tickets, that's the theme for today. Uh, thank you for sharing your pickups. I like that last uh, MJ game at MSG. Something to think Thanks, about. Bro. And that, that one's currently in the mail. So I'll, I'll show that off on a future Crosstown Cardboard when that comes in. And just enjoying this new lane of the hobby. And also pretty cool that you have done stuff with tickets too and that you educated me once again and our audience as usual on some card sets that have tickets. So you're incorporating that into cards as well. Exactly. Um, good stuff. I will see you next week and i'll really see you in a week and a half that's right all right bro peace